I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 1. Job 14 verse 1. Job was quite an expert on this topic of problems. And we can safely go to Job to find out what problems are all about. Job 14 verse 1 he says, and it is Job speaking, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days, that is, he doesn't live very long, and he is full of trouble. Full trouble. (laughs) Now, which man is this talking about? It's the man that is born of a woman. woman. Now, which man is that? I guess that it pretty well includes, I think the word man here is very generic. It means men and women. It means anyone that is born of a woman. Now, how many people are born of a woman? Well, they're all born of a woman except Adam. And even Adam had his trouble. Isn't that right? Yeah. And not just is there trouble, it's full of trouble. Full of trouble. That's what we're facing. Now, if you go to Job chapter 5 and verse 7, I've often used this verse. Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Now, how do the sparks fly upward? Quite naturally. (laughs) That's the intent of the verse. This is what Job is trying to get across to us. Trouble is going to be our lot. Not just trouble, full of trouble. That's what life is all about. And do you know that I've never met anyone that does not have trouble? No. No. It's amazing to me, a few minutes ago we asked for prayer requests and the very first prayer request is of someone that's in an overwhelming situation. <laughs> Trouble, right? Yeah. yeah. And almost all the other prayer requests uh, have to do with some kind of trouble in our lives or in someone else's life. How many of you can vouch that this is so? I think that's everyone. Uh, some of you are shy, yes. Do you have problems? Yeah, we all have problems. The question, of course, is not do we have problems, but how do we relate to the problems we have? That's really the question. So, do you know how? This is really what we want to talk about this morning. Turn with me to Psalms 46. We're going to meet a man here in Psalms 46 who really knew how to relate to problems. It's not that he had no problems because he was born of a woman. I suppose that's the reason. I don't know. (laughs) Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, because this is so, because God is there to help us in every trouble, therefore, we will not be afraid. Is that what it says? Is that how it is in your life? Have you ever had... I mean, we already have established that we've all got problems. We've all got trouble. And not only do we all have trouble, we're full of trouble. But if you have God, what do you have? No fear. No fear. No fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And friends, there's coming a time when the mountains will shake. 
with the coming of all kinds of trouble. But the people of God will not be afraid. Would you like to be able to dismiss your problems that easily? As David was able to say, hey, no fear, no problem. God is my refuge, God in my strength. Bring on the troubles, I have no problem with this sort of stuff. Would you like to be able to handle it that way? Would it be worth getting into trouble so that we could have this experience? What do you think? <laughs> Lupe says, no. Well, I tell you what, I say yes. It would be worth getting into trouble so that we could experience God's deliverance. But never mind, you don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble is already looking for you. And it will find you. Oh yeah. Go with me to Psalms 34 now. We're going to use the Bible. Um, a verse here and a verse there. Psalms 34, verse 19. Many, that's what it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Why? Well, because God knows that He can introduce Himself at that point. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, who sees everything, by the way, the Lord delivers Him out of how many of them? <coughs> how many of them? So then who's going to be afraid? If God is for you, who can be against you? Is this true? Now, I wish we had time this morning. I wish we had time to everyone, starting right here, one by one, you stand up and tell us what your troubles are. Wouldn't that be interesting? Well, maybe. <laughs> you know, sometimes we hear too much of what the troubles are, right? <clears throat> and we ought to hear a lot more about the solution. God says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Is that true? Why? Because He says, when I deliver you, you will glorify me. And God is trying to draw us closer to Himself. He'd love to be glorified by His children in this world. And so, He has organized in this world to curse the ground for our sake. Did you know that? And a man that is born of a woman is treading on cursed ground. In verse um, 6, David says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. How many? All of them. Verse 17 says the same thing. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. You know, when we have promises like this, how can we be discouraged? How can we be dismayed? Jesus says, don't be discouraged, don't be dismayed, don't be afraid, for I am with you. I will help you, yea, I will... You remember how it goes? Uphold you, yea, I will... What? <laughs> That's right. Is it true? Is it true in your life? Do you act like it's true? <laughs> sometimes? <laughs> Do you sometimes act like it's not true? That's the problem. Isn't that amazing? That if we really believed God's Word, we, there would never escape a word of discouragement, a word of criticism, a word of complaining, a word of murmuring out of our lips. Because, hey, we just read this promise and He's promised to do it. We just have to wait on the Lord. He will do it. In this Hour of Ages 667, paragraph 4, it says, In every difficulty we are to see a call to prayer. That's what it's for. That's all it's for. God doesn't delight in, in torturing us. 
God doesn't delight in bringing us to problems. He knows that problems worry us. But He also knows that if there's no difficulty, we don't tend to call upon Him. And so He allows the difficulties. And we are to see in every difficulty a call to prayer. And in Desire of Ages 330, it says, In every difficulty He has His way prepared to bring relief. Not only is the way prepared, but He's prepared to bring relief. He's prepared to use the way that He's prepared. So, this is what we want to look at this morning. His way to bring relief. Now, I'll tell you what. His way is different. Did you know that? Yeah. The Bible says that God's way is not our way. That as high as the heavens is above the earth, are His ways higher and is better than our ways. But I tell you what, His ways are different. Well, that's what the verse says. It's amazing how we would like to be delivered when we're in trouble. And sometimes we won't accept to be delivered any other way. We want to be delivered the way we have chosen to be delivered. But God doesn't operate that way. And this is what we want to see. So that we can be prepared to receive the way He delivers. As He chooses. Psalms 77. Psalms, Psalms 77. We look at verse 19. Psalms 77, 19. You might not understand this at first glance. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. What a strange place to put a path. Have you ever tried to put a path in the sea? Doesn't work very well, does it? I mean, you can go over the same spot over and over and over again, and you'll never know that you've gone over the spot. It's not like walking on the earth, is it? And yet, God's way is in the sea. Now, did it ever happen that God prepared a path in the sea for someone? Oh, yeah. You look at verse 20, and it, it insinuates that there. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Through what? Why, through the sea. That's right. It's amazing to me that when the people of Israel, the, the, excuse me, the children of, yeah, the children of Israel left Egypt. Do you know that they're, they were in the land of Goshen. The land of Goshen is quite north of the Red Sea. And if, when they led, they went straight east from Goshen. And if they had continued to go straight east from Goshen, they never would have needed to go near the Red Sea. They could have gone to the land of Palestine without touching any water. Did you know that? But there they are marching east and all of a sudden the cloud goes south. And they were like... I don't know what they were thinking. I don't even know if they were thinking about it. But, but if they had known their geography, they would have wondered, what in the world's happening? We're supposed to be going east. But the, the cloud went south. Now, why did the cloud go south? Do you know that the cloud went south because the Lord wanted them to come to the Red Sea? That's why. The Lord wanted to organize for them a huge problem. If you had been the Lord... Would you have done that deliberately like he did? Do you know that in so doing, God was deliberately leading them to have a huge problem? He brought them to be between a rock and a hard place. Two problems, as a matter of fact. They came to the place when there was an army behind them, and this army was undefeatable. And before them was an impassable barrier, the Red Sea. Now, I bet you to those people that it looked like a major disaster. Who was it that led them there? God. Would God do that in your life? 
Would he lead you to what would appear like a major disaster? Would he do that? Yeah. Didn't he know that it would have been safer for them to go by land? But do you know, friends, it was not safer for them to go by land. Because the Egyptian army was behind them and by land the Egyptian army would have caught up to them. Now, the Egyptian army did catch up to them, but God had prepared a solution to that problem. Did you know that? Did you know that the solution was in the sea? Oh, yeah. And that's why God went that way. God gave them a problem and God used the problem to solve the problem. This is what we want to talk about this morning. In Mount of Blessing 61, it says, That which you look upon as disaster is the door to highest benefits. Our text says, God is a very present help. Where? Where? In trouble. Where? <laughs> Isn't that amazing to you that that's what the text actually says? The disaster is the door. God's way is in the sea. God's way is in the problem. Did the Israelites know that? No, they didn't know that. Did the Egyptians know that? Well, friends, if the Egyptians had known that, they would not have followed the Israelites into the sea. Would they? No, they didn't. Do you know it? Do you know that God is an ever-present help? Where? In trouble. Yeah, that's where the solution is. It's in the trouble. That's, where, that's what we want to look at this morning. Now, in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, in the New International Version, and I don't have it with me here, I just know that it says there that God has a plan for His people. And then it goes on to say that it is a plan to prosper us, to give us a prosperous future. Now, I paraphrase that pretty badly, but that's really what the meaning of the verse is, a prosperous future. God has a plan. God has a prosperous future. Now, the Israelites didn't appear to have much of a future that day. Did they? No. So, what did they do? Do you know what they did? They looked at the problem and then they looked at the resources they had to meet the problem. And do you know what that does to you? Because they didn't have any resources to meet the problem. And so they saw the hopelessness of their situation and they began to murmur and to criticize and to complain and to cry and to blame and to accuse. And that's all that they could do because it seemed to them like there was no solution. What was wrong? Didn't they know that God's way was in the sea? Do you? Isaiah 49. Turn with me there. Isaiah 49. I actually have a series of meetings. I think I told you that already. About 15 to 20 sermons on how to solve problems. I would like to do that sometime with the folks here. Because we have problems. <laughs> and we need to solve them. And here we've got another way of solving problems. And God's ways are not our ways. We're in Isaiah 49. It's a strange way in verse 11. Isaiah 49:11. I will make all my mountains away. Do you know what the symbolism of the word mountain is? What's the symbolism of the word mountain? Hmm? Problems. That's what a mountain is. That's right. It's a mountain of difficulty. And what does God say here? I will make my mountains away. Did you see that? I will make my problems away. The way is in the problem. 
The way is in the mountain. I will make my mountain a way and my highways shall be exalted. You know, in most places, engineers are hired at a great expense to plot highways away from and around mountains, not over them. You know that, don't you? But what does God do here? Why, He makes His way right over the mountain. Yeah, that's what it says. I believe that if we fully, fully believe this, it would do away with all discouragements. It would do away with all despair. As a matter of fact, it would fill our hearts with optimism and great gratitude, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is your heart filled with gratitude all the time? Oh, I hope so. In Ministry of Healing 481, paragraph 2, our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Where is His way, by the way? It's in the mountains, it's in the sea, right? It's in the difficulty. It goes on to say, in every difficulty, that's where. In every difficulty, He has His way prepared to bring relief. Where was the relief at the Red Sea? It was in the Red Sea. That's it. That's it. Christ Object Lessons 332. Let nothing hinder you. The Lord has given you a job to do, hasn't He? To every man He's given His work. We've got something to do for the Lord. But do you know that with the work will come obstacles? Let nothing hinder you. Fate has not woven its meshes about any human being so firmly that he needs to remain helpless and in uncertainty. None of us are so hampered by circumstance that we need to stay there. That's what it says. Opposing circumstances should create a firm determination in the right direction. And circumstances, what kind of circumstances? Opposing circumstances. And circumstances will be your helpers and not your hindrances. Isn't that amazing? Now, Heidi, a few minutes ago, said that she spent some time with Diana. And Diana was in overwhelming circumstances. Isn't that what she said? Overwhelming situations, she said. Now, I don't know Deanna and I don't know the circumstances. I'm just trying to imagine what might have happened. Maybe Deanna, here she was in a new apartment and she's got all these boxes and she's got all this mess in her house and she's standing at the sink and she's washing dishes and she looks outside and here comes Heidi. And she says, oh no, that's just when I need visitors. The house is a mess. What am I going to do with this mess? I've got all these problems and here she comes. I'll meet her outside. I'll tell her to go home, right? Is that the solution? Why did God send Heidi? <laughs> Why did God send that problem? <laughs> did you know that the problem solved the problem? It's what we heard a few minutes ago, right? Didn't Heidi just tell us that she spent two days reorganizing Deanna's house? Now, I've made up some of this because I really don't know what the circumstances were. But I can understand that things happen that way, don't they? Yeah. The solution is in the problem. Opposing circumstances. And it says here, the circumstances will be your helpers. They will not be your hindrances. Isn't that amazing? It's a tr tremendous concept in my mind, really. Was the sea a helper or a hindrance? Well, it appeared to be a hindrance, right? But it turned out to be a helper. 
You know, I used to live in beautiful British Columbia. I lived in the Fraser Canyon. The Fraser Canyon is a rough, rough canyon. And at the bottom of it, and it's at the bottom, I mean, it's got high mountains on both sides, and there's a raging river called the Fraser River going through the Fraser Canyon. And it's an, it's an awful problem. Do you know why? Because I had friends living on the other side of the river. And there's no way to get to my friends on the other side of the river because there was no bridge. Now, there was a bridge. It was 20 miles in the opposite direction and they lived 20 miles that way. And so, if I wanted to go by a bridge, I had to go 20 miles in the wrong direction, cross the bridge and go 40 miles to visit my friends. I had to go 60 miles to do a 20-mile trip. So, how did they solve this problem? Do you know how they solved the problem? They used the energy that was in the problem to solve the problem. It's an amazing concept, but what they did is they took a cable and they tied it to a tree on this side of the river and they crossed the river, which is about half a mile. It's a huge river. And, and then they tied the cable to the other end on a tree at the other end. Well, really, it's a tripod made of metal, not a tree. And then they tied a barge to the cable with pulleys, you know. And you would come down the road and you'd get your car onto the barge and they would untie the barge and the current would take it out a little bit and then they would put a paddle in the water and when the paddle hit the water, the current would swing the barge away and then drive it all the way to the other side. You'd drive your car off, another car would come on, they'd let it go into the current and they would throw a paddle on the other end of the, of the barge, the current would swing the barge around and then the push it all the way to the other end. They use the problem to solve the problem. And this is exactly what God does. In every difficulty, in every opposing circumstance, we are to see not a hindrance. The solution, the power is right in the problem. Amazing, isn't it? Well, it is. It is. This is what the Lord would have us, this is how the Lord would have us relate to every problem. Ministry of Healing, page 50. We should seize upon circumstances as instruments by which to work. What kind of circumstances? Opposing circumstances. Because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. The devil may throw at you all kinds of problems and God is standing behind with a grin on his face. He knows that the devil has not the ability to invent any problem which he cannot take and turn it around for your advantage. It's an amazing thing. Well, praise the Lord because that's the kind of God we have. Did the worthies have a problem in, with the fiery furnace? Yeah. What did God use to cut their ropes and to destroy their enemies? The fiery furnace. That's right. A lady by the name of Norma Youngbird wrote this. Almost all the deliverances of life are in the furnace, not from the furnace. That's what she wrote. That's quite an insight. Because it's true. So now, are you afraid of the furnace? Do you know that we need the furnace? It's going to burn away the dross. The furnace is also going to deliver us from this awful world that we're in. It really, really is. Was the lion's den a problem to Daniel? Well, you know it wasn't. It really wasn't. The envious, the envious princes were the real problem. The lions then took care of them, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Haman, you remember Haman in the story of Esther? Haman thought to give Mordecai a problem by building him a gallows. What was it that solved the gallows problem? Yeah, the gallows did, didn't it? Sure. 
Is the devil causing you any problems? Ah, friends, listen. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, we will not be afraid. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength, a very present help where? In the very trouble itself. This is the kind of God we served. We had a little meeting last night and uh, we enjoyed ourselves. I think those of you who were there, of course. And we talked about a phone call that I had in the morning and how the phone call, after I'd spoken to my friend for about two hours, left me somewhat, somewhat uh, wondering why everyone thought that we don't stand a chance to succeed. <laughs> And you know, I went home and uh, began to search into what I should be preaching today. I'd already given the title of How to Solve Problems. But you know, the Lord knows what we need. We don't have any problems. We only have solutions disguised. Did you know that? Isn't that wonderful? This is the truth. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.